What's up, everybody? We got the normal podcast for you, but it requires a bit of a preface to get the full artistic impact. I'd like to read you something that I read recently. It's called Take Time for What You Have. As an entrepreneur, I have come to the realization that some will, some won't, so what? The real fact of the matter is we don't know what tomorrow will bring. The only thing we really have is right now. So don't stay mad too long. Learn to forgive and love with all your heart. Live every day of your life the way you want to live it. Don't worry about people who don't like you. They have their own troubles and battles to deal with. Just inhale and exhale the beautiful air that surrounds you, showing commitment and love to the ones who love you. Chan Gotti. Now, this is in a wonderful paper called Street Sense from Washington, D.C., written by and sold by the homeless population there. And I got this paper oh, a couple of weeks ago when I was wandering around the city. Fast forward several weeks after that, and it was Friday night and I stopped by a grocery store in Northwest DC. Right outside was a gentleman selling the very same paper. I bought a copy from him and said, do you have anything in it? He said, oh, I have something in the last issue, which is what I just read you. You'll hear now an interview with the author of that Wonderful little inspirational blurb there, Mr. Sean Gotti on The Signal Man. Broadcasting live on the radio. You're listening to The Signal Man with your host, Josh Urban. Josh Urban. Radio IBRO, the brother. All right. So we're here with uh, Chan. Where is this? Right outside of uh, UDC, right? Yeah, right outside UDC. Nice. Selling some papers. And uh, so what's your story, Chan? I mean, I know that's a big question, but... Mm -hmm. uh, what you need to know about my story? Well, let's see. Um, what would you like people to know about your story? Well, I made it out of homelessness. Uh, you know, I was homeless approximately probably eight years, seven years ago. And uh, I come out of myself. Got my, That's own, awesome. got my own place and all that now. I got a beautiful wife, kids, and beautiful dogs. This is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. So, so what was the, um, how, how'd you do? I mean, that's a pretty, uh, pretty big uh -huh. jump right there. Well, it, it I was mean, hard. psychologically, yeah, right. talking about what, what was, what was the thing that like, that got you there? Uh, you know, relying on my actions myself. I had to do it for myself. You know, I, I talked to God about it. And I was feeling down and out being homeless, and it's, it's a hard thing being homeless. But I think so. You know, when I was, I remember sleeping on the streets and uh, sleeping at one of the metro stations. How you doing, guys? We don't need a newspaper. All right, thank you guys. Thank you guys. It's a good paper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I remember uh, sleeping at one of the stations. Like, uh, hey, you two beautiful, uh, Shady Grove. Yeah. You know, that's why. That's what now. That's why. You go home because I, I don't live down here no more. I live in West Virginia but uh, I remember sleeping down Shady Grove or Glenmont and uh, being cold and freezing outside and police all hey sister how you doing alright thank you beautiful and police officer yeah. dude used I to mean, put like, you know put I me and this white guy that used to stay there too put us out and uh, he was kind of and I, and I did law enforcement myself I was a police officer myself for almost 15 years you know to you know that's you know something happened with that but you know, I, it was kind of hard being homeless because I've never been homeless before. You mm, know? Right, right. And sleeping, sleeping on the ground, and you know, trying to stay warm. And it's got to be hard, man. Yeah, finding a nice thing. Think, you know, think you finding a nice spot. 
just so you could be safe and the officer telling you you have to leave, you know, so, and, and I'm already cold and the doors are blowing through. Oh, you yeah, know, right. Wind, so it's kind of rough, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. I, I would, what would, what is something, so you, you weren't, then you were, and now you're not. What is something right. that you would like the average person walking by to know? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, hum, I'm a normal human being, you know, a lot yeah, of homeless I mean. people are, you know, we, a lot of homeless people get the bad rap of, uh, you know, talking the misconceptions of homelessness. Yeah. Hey guys, how you doing? The mis right. you I'm, doing an I'm interviewing no, the, the journalist. Okay. I'm good. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, awesome. so the, mis the misconceptions of homelessness, you know, a lot of people yeah. think that you see people on the ground, they're the only type of homeless people, and they're not. You know, you got homeless people everywhere. You got people that's homeless that's living with girlfriends and family and cousins, and he's not paying no rent, and he ain't paying no bills. You consider homeless. Like that, yeah. Yeah, so, right. uh, and then you got a lot of different types of homeless people, you know, you got people, homeless people walking around with no book bag on their back, they walk around with clean tennis shoes, and they look just like me and you, uh, and they just, and some of them, a lot of them are mental, but you got a lot of people that got houses that's mental, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, amen to that, yeah. right? <laughs> so, but uh, homelessness, there's a lot of misconceptions about homelessness. You know, that's, you know? A, that's a really good, I never, I never thought, thought of it that. like that, that's a really good point, yeah. Right. Right, absolutely. So, like I said, it's a lot of misconceptions about it, and uh, people think it's you know the only type of homeless people you see, the ones you see on the ground, uh, you know, laying on the ground doing nothing. But it's, it's so many different types of homeless people out here. Them that's that's not being counted for. So to to rise to the challenge and to meet the challenge and to win, that's uh, that willpower and that gumption because that must have taken a lot because you had literally nothing. Nothing, right? right. So what, that's a that's a winning mindset. Uh -huh. What would be one of the the keys of that mindset? Well, I knew in my heart that it wasn't me, you know. Uh, being down like that and you know sometimes when you're homeless some people become chronically homeless because they've been out here for years you know me i only been a couple of years into it and I decided to get out but a lot of people can't do that you know they you know St. Elizabeth Hospital was you know over in southeast DC they let all them mental people go because they didn't want to house them people no more so they let them out in the street and a lot of them going to shelters and they just acting up, you know, yeah. acting crazy. And there's a lot of people that have mental cycles, right. psych things going, you know, in their mind and stuff. And it's, they're not right mentally, you know, so. Right. And there's a lot of people, like I said, there's a lot of people that got houses not right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, it was a homeless guy living with, with me on the streets in Tennytown when I was staying in Tennytown on the streets. And he was mental. He was an older white guy. He had a mansion. Uh, but his family come to find out was looking for him. He died on the streets. He used to stay out on the streets all the time. Uh, yeah, and he was a rich guy. So I mean, wow. Being homeless is serious, man. You can. I. I, I mean, I got friend officers when I did law enforcement. We. It's a lot of officers don't like to go to people's homes that alone, because some of them are mental. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, know? totally. Right. Yeah. Right, so, of but being homeless and not having a home is the only. You know. It's kind of hard being on the street. You know? I would think so. Yeah, uh, so that's the only thing. I, I just seen guys with Mercedes Benzes, 
brand new Lexus. I mean, I had a guy that was living here, a brand new, brand new Mercedes, living at the 801 shelter. Wow. Uh, yeah. Then another guy had a brand new uh, sports car. You know, little 801 shelter over there. So, so what, what do you think? Why do you think he did that? Well, he had money. These right. guys had money. Uh, they knew how to make money. I mean, you could be homeless and have a good job. You know, there's a lot of right. homeless people living right now that you don't even know homeless is working at Giant or working right. at maybe working in your corporate offices. You know, really? we had a, I had a corporate guy. Yeah, matter of fact, he's a buddy of mine. He's a, I'm a national speaker for the homeless too. Oh, okay. For the nice. homeless coalition, so I oh, speak awesome. nationally all around. So I got the, world. the great guy for the interview. This is yeah. awesome. This is so, awesome. So uh, we had a guy that's uh, he was he was working for the government and was homeless. So so what what is the what is the did he? I'm just trying to understand. Uh, it was it was it circumstances? Did he want to be? Did he did he not? No, he didn't I mean, want to be. It just circumstances yeah. happened. Right. You know, right. Uh, you, you could become homeless if you realize I, I, it. I know. People, I know. I'm painfully and, aware of that. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm spreading the word. Yeah. You know, we go around spreading the word and to talk to the college students, talk yeah. to Congress. We talk yeah. to all types of people and let them know that this is serious in the United States. You yeah. know, they got other countries that only have homelessness because they, they, they take care of their people. I mean, they. I mean, when it comes to medical and stuff, it's all free in some countries. Over this country, we got to pay for everything. I had a doctor fighting over, because I got uh, Medicaid, and the doctor was like, well, your Medicaid, they don't pay all the time, you know, but they pay, but I'm already waiting on my money, so I don't know if I want to take you or not. I mean, they, it's uh, doctors, I mean, arguing over money, I mean. That's the problem, I think, in the United States. It's all about if you ain't got no money. And in the school, in some countries, the school is free, which is good. Right. Over the United States, you got to have some type of capital. You know, you ain't got no money. You know, people send you away. Yeah. Yeah, so homelessness is it's hard all the way around the board. You know, I, I, I talked to a couple of people. I talked to Ron over here, the president of the UDC. And uh, he's one of my favorite customers. He awesome. comes through. And uh, he was telling me about some, the homeless guy that was staying over there on campus. Uh, that was homeless, and he asked him what was his story. The guy didn't want to talk to him, so he asked me about it. And I told him, I said, sometimes when the person is homeless, they don't like to talk about their situation. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard. So, so he told me he wanted me to come and and talk and go to UDC, go over UDC and maybe present my you know situation to tell my story. It's a wonderful so, thing. So I decided to talk to Street Sense about it, and you know, so we could bring some people from Street Sense, you know over to, you know, maybe be in the auditorium so we can spread the word to some of the youth and stuff over there yeah. about homelessness, you know, because I'm already a national speaker, so, yeah, I, with the that's National awesome. Coalition, so, but, uh, yes, you know, let me show you some pictures here. Uh, yeah. I had, uh, just left some students from Clark, Clark University, uh, last week, and my fact, I got another, got a couple of speaking engagements awesome. uh, this week coming up, too, awesome. as well, and, uh, you know, I love, you know, getting paid to spread the word about what's really happening with homelessness because a lot of people don't understand it. How you doing, bro? I had a good life. You know, my mother, father, my mother was a school teacher and my father was an engineer, you know what I'm saying? So they, my father was the breadwinner. He had a good job and all that. And I come from a good family. All my brothers and sisters, they living real good right now, living, you know, living the life. I mean, you would call it, most people call it the rich life. You go to my brother's house, they got food, beer yard table downstairs, all that. You know, weight room. I mean, anything you can imagine, they got big homes. Wow. Living out in Mitchellville, one of them, you know what I'm saying? Boo. Yeah. So, big home out there. So, but 
you know, I come from a good, and me, my problem was, was drinking. So I used to, you know, I didn't do drugs, but I drunk a lot. Even though I was a good, I was a hustler, you know, I sold drugs, I sold cigarettes, anything you can imagine, t-shirts, you know, women clothes, men clothes, you know, boots, CDs and movies back in the day, when the, the bootleg CDs and stuff. Oh, right, right, I did yeah. all that. Yeah. So, I mean, I made a lot of money doing it. I made over six figures doing that alone. Wow. Um, that that's a serious hustle, man. Yeah, you know, um, I come from kings. I mean, kingpins and stuff. That's all we used to do back in the day. We knew how to make money. I mean, back in the '80s, where I grew up, you know, hustling drugs and making five thousand dollars or uh, ten thousand dollars or maybe even fifty thousand dollars a day wasn't nothing. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, from some of the DC cats. You know what right. I'm saying? But nowadays, you know. I had to make a decision to do the right thing. So I, that's how I changed my life over being positive and decided, oh, hey, sister. Thank you, baby. You want a copy? Thank you. Just one. All right. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you so much. All right. Like, you have a good day there. Yeah, I had to, uh, I changed my life. Well, I decided, I made a decision to stop selling drugs and to yeah. stop selling, uh, uh, you know, loopholes and the K2 stuff they got out right, here. Right, right. I was doing all that just to make ends meet. I knew how to make money. I didn't understand how some, when I became homeless, I seen some of the homeless people in the shelters that didn't know how to make no money. And I couldn't understand that because me, I come from, you know, we come from a thoroughbred family. We, we come from a big time drug family too as well. I mean, it's in my blood. So, okay, if you don't mind me, and you don't have to answer any of these questions. Yeah, um, So what made you decide to stop selling drugs and then you became homeless? So you probably thought of selling them again, right? I mean. Yeah, uh, no, I, what what happened was, because it's walking I, had your put, I had got put in the hospital uh, by some so-called friends of mine that I thought was my friends at the shelter. And I remember my little brother telling me, they're not your friends. And, you know, I wanted him to talk to them, but he was like, they're not your friends. I don't want to talk to them. Hey, brother, how you doing, baby? So I remember him saying that to me. And uh, I'm thinking these people are my friends, so they hang with me. We all selling drugs. As a matter of fact, I'm going to court for them lying. Wow. They doing bad stuff, and I'm going to court getting paid, you know, a little yeah. check. You know how they give you a check yeah, for right, going right. to court, forty dollars or forty-five or whatever dollars, to lying with this brother that I thought was my friend. Hmm. And he ended up robbing me wow. and putting me in the hospital. So I, that happened to me twice. I think the yeah. second time woke me up. Uh, I was seriously, you know, I was in the emergency room. Wow. But. And the other time, I was really knocked out, didn't know where I was. Wow. And the police thought, uh, thought I was trying to lie for my brothers, which he, I was at the police. First time, they tell me I went to the hospital. I never remember going to the hospital. But I remember being in the, in the, in the, at the jail. Wow. So when I was at the jail, he was trying to get me to point these people out, you know. Right. Yeah, so I'm looking, I'm saying, this is my friends. I'm coming too. You know, these are my friends. They ain't do nothing to me. Kind of finally had my wallet in his pocket and all that type Whoa. of stuff. Yeah, so anyway, you know, I'm I'm, spreading, I'm spending money on them. Now, keep in mind, they supposed to be drug dealing and making money too. And they're not making money like me. So they envious of me. I, I didn't know that. I didn't wow. know. That. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so and that's what changed me, changed my whole world. As a matter of fact, my right eye is still messed up today because of you know, being robbed by these people. You know, uh, you know, just being in that, I said I had to make a change, so I decided. You. Yeah, I went on, and um, and I remember the guy, I remember me saying, no more drugs selling, cigarettes, none of that. And so when people used to ask me about, uh, did I have any cigarettes or drugs and all that, because I was a popular guy and had it. 
I ain't got it no more. I don't sell to black people no more. That's what I used to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I had to do something. So I, I, I told them that so they can get out of my face. And, uh, yeah. and, and I just, and I remember a guy was telling me, he's dead now, bless his heart. He was a street just vendor. And he was telling me about street stuff. So when he first told me about the newspaper, I was like, I'm not selling no newspaper. I can make more money selling drugs, you know? Uh, and you can't make no real money selling. In my head, I was right. thinking that way. So I'm thinking like papers like the Muslim paper, think about, you know, the Express, right. how they be out here right. passing out free papers. They ain't making no real money. Right. I'm used to making real money. Right. Uh, anyway. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, wow, that's cool. Well, I've talked to all sorts of entrepreneurs, but yeah. that's, yeah. Yes. So I'm a little bit in the bubble, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that that kind of. Yeah. That kind of threw me off. So when he kept, he came back to me. I wasn't doing nothing. I stopped selling. Keep in mind, I stopped selling this stuff, right. and I wasn't making no money now. So I decided to go ahead and give it a try. So I went for my first interview with Street Sense. All right, guys. How's it going? Nice shirt. <laughs> yeah, I went for my first interview with Street Sense, and um, you know, get, they gave me some uh, free thirty papers to start me off with. And after that, it was a wrap. Boom. Awesome. I stopped making money with Street Sense. I said, you know what? I can actually make a living doing this. And then other things started to come apart. You know, I, you know, uh, you know, started. I formed a travel agency. You know, me and my wife. You know, what I'm saying doing bail bonds and stuff. She has her own business. She's out Fairfax. Cause me and my wife, we met. She had her own business. She had a, a bail bonds business. Wow. So you know, she's right across the street from the Fairfax jail over there. Don't so. mess with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. She was an entrepreneur, yeah. and I was. So we came yeah. together, and now we got beautiful kids and beautiful three beautiful dogs and. How awesome. You know, and uh, got a beautiful home out there in Martinsburg, West, West Virginia. So, Dude, that is that is really cool. I really appreciate you sharing the story. And Let me show you these. Yeah, things. let's see what we got here. Yeah, but uh, yeah. that's my wife. That's our little backyard right oh, there. Oh, look at this. Yeah. Domestic bliss. That's me and my awesome. wife right there. That's, oh. oh, that's my nieces. And then let me get off. Of there. Oh, that's me right there. Oh, beautiful family. Yeah, that's us at home. Oh, how nice. Put this up. That's her hitting me up now. See, oh. that's the kids I was telling you about. Awesome. They came down here to visit me. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I had to give them the speech of there. They love the speech. That is, oh, I bet it was incredible. Wow. Yeah. Let me show you. This is the crew, right? It's a whole oh, bunch of Oh, how neat. But, you know, that's the stuff I do now. I'm a national speaker. Sean, this is awesome, man. Yeah, so, I mean. This is what I do now, and I'm loving it. As a matter of fact, I got uh, a couple of other people wants me to, uh, to do speaking engagements with them too. And I ain't had no practice doing this stuff. I, what I did was I just stopped drinking. That was my main problem. Okay. I started slurring them. I'm still a little not as good as I used to be. When I was young, my mother used to say I was going to be a preacher. I never really uh, believed that. I, you know, I'm like, my mother crazy. <laughs> I, guess, so, I guess right, right? Yeah, so I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm thinking in church or something. Stuff. Right. You know, you'll be a preacher. And she kept telling people that. Then, uh, you know, came about, I had a, I went to a psychic one time, and the psychic said to me that I was going to meet somebody with an African name, right? And, you know, me, I was, I, mean, I told you I was selling bootleg CDs and all that right. other stuff. So I was asking her about business. You know, she was like, well, you're going to be a successful business. I can see you because you're going to be a very popular dude. You're going to travel the world. You're going to do this, and people are going to love you. So I said, this, I said, this woman don't know what she's talking about. See, I'm <laughs> trying to, psychic, right? Yeah, so I'm in my mind. I ain't telling <laughs> right, her right, this. Yeah. So I'm saying to myself, 
how does she think that I'm going to do all this stuff when I'm selling bootleg CDs and I don't even want to leave D.C.? Right. Yeah, I don't even want to leave D.C. Now, keep in mind, I'm from the hood, southeast D.C. So that's the least other thing about traveling. And then, and then, you know, I become a travel agent, you know? And this is my destiny. I told my wife this. Me and my wife, she loves... She loves, you know, the idea that we, we, you know, we travel and save hosts, you know, on money and stuff, and give other people discounts and make yeah. money doing it, having fun. But yeah, um, she told me that I was gonna travel the world, and I was gonna be that uh, a person, a female with an African name, and already had a couple of kids, right? And I was like, because I don't have a male. I have a female daughter, but I don't have a male, you know. So right. I was like, she said, yeah, I do see a male. One see one, and I see one other, you know, one other daughter. So I was like, this woman is crazy. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I'm thinking, right? Right, this right. Yeah. don't know what she's talking right, about. Right, right. It was this, right. So yeah. I don't want, I see a crystal ball, and I don't believe in psychics, keep okay. in mind. I never really believed in this stuff. Right. And she told me that. Then she told me that, what she told me? Yeah, that I was going to be traveling the world, make a lot of money. It's going to be very popular. And I asked her about my business, you know, my, my, my selling my purses and all that. Right. She's like, you're not going to be doing that no more. That's going to end. I said, oh, man, I got to get the hell out of here. She don't know what the hell she's talking about. <laughs> man, and then look at that. True. I don't know. I could just go on and on. But it was like, that's psychic. I had told my wife, that psychic was kind of right. She said I was going to make, and she kept saying the African name. So I'm thinking she's talking about African woman. I don't, I don't, I don't date African women. <laughs> so I was like, this woman has got to be out of her mind. Because I found out my wife's name is Kizzy. It's an African name. Man, that's cool. Yeah, life is weird, isn't it? It's, it's that 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 really that really sparks something in me because when my my friend of mine, a family friend, a school school buddy of mine, who was friends for years, he became you know he he made a lot of money in the travel agency, so he introduced me to the travel agency, right? So it was like. Like we family, you know. This is not told my wife. I said this is this is my destiny. How cool Traveling. How cool is that? Wow. Yeah. So that's what I do now. My fact, I can give you a business card. I think yeah. I got one. Let me see. Yeah, because I'm gonna send you this. Okay. But uh, yeah, traveling and now traveling and starting to be able to. Uh, launch and travel the world, so I'm still working on growing my business nice. and all that. It's at the beginning stages right now, but That's I can see it happening. It. Yeah, I can see, what, I can see Sean, it that is awesome. Man. Only because I had to think about what that psychic told me. I was like, wow, everything she said is starting to come through. To, I mean, fruitation. It's like I stopped drinking because I ain't never. I said because that was the only problem I really had. Only demon. I, I didn't smoke drugs. I used to sell it, but I never smoked it. But I, the only demon I really had was um, a drinking, drinking real bad. It was messing me up, messing my liver and all that stuff up. Yeah, right. And I said, I need to find a way to stop. And all of a sudden, I just stopped out wow. the cold blue. I don't even get a taste for the stuff no more. Wow. And I stopped on the day that the guy was out here searching for people because I was throwing bottles inside the thing uh, and everything. I mean, inside the cans here. And the guy here that, that running the building right here, yeah. he was trying to figure out who was throwing bottles in the thing, and I stopped doing it when he started searching for the person who was deliberately putting bottles in it because he was trying to find out who was throwing all them, you know, right, right. liquor bottles and stuff everywhere. Some of that yeah. stuff was mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
good reason is not. <laughs> be like, uh-oh. Hey, look, Whoa. and I never knew this until the security in <laughs> here told me that. So wow. it's kind of funny exactly. that how things went. Wow. Yeah. I don't even have Dang. a taste for the stuff no more. I don't drink no more beer. My wife said, I done had beers in my our refrigerator. I don't even touch no more. Wow. And the liquor and the alcohol I, we is in the cabinet. I don't even drink it. I don't drink wow. it. I don't even want it. I drink nothing but water now. Water is flushing me out. Good for you. And matter of fact, I used to be cloudy every day. I'd come down here and sell papers, man. Be cloudy, talk to people, breath stinking. It's like, it's a, my head is clear. So I'm a new person now. Charles, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything you'd like to add to finish it up? You've been listening to The Signal Man Show on Radio IPRO, The Brother. I'm your host, Josh Urban. Thanks so much for tuning in. Feel free to say hey on Instagram at Josh Urban, where you can see a live stream of the broadcast the day before the podcast episode, and always at joshurban.com. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks for being you. The world needs more people like you. Keep it up, keep it fresh, keep it funky, keep it real, and we'll catch you on the flip side.